Hi, my name is Sean Bland, but my friends call me Sean Michael or Runbum. I've run over 300 ultra marathons. I've been first, last, and everything in between. I started and owned Runbum Races, where we put on 11 trail and ultra running races a year from Central Florida to Southern Virginia. I hope that with my trail running and race directing experience that I can help you train smarter, run further, and fall in love with trail running. If you find this podcast helpful and or entertaining, please help me out by sharing it. I'd also like to invite you to run or volunteer at one of our many races. Welcome, friends, to the Bend Don't Break podcast. Hi, welcome to our next episode of the Bend Don't Break podcast. I, of course, am Sean Bland Runbum here with one of my running heroes, Janice Anderson. Uh, Just a little bit about her in case you are not in Georgia and know who she is. She's the president and founder of Guts, Georgia Ultra and Trail Running Society. She was actually the first woman ever to break 17 hours in a 100-mile trail race. She's a five-time member of the National 100K team. Uh, And in the year 20 or in the year 2000, she simultaneously held five separate 100-mile course records. She's the former president of Atlanta Track Club, an awesome lady, a great inspiration coach and mentor. So Janice, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I actually was doing like uh, a little more uh, research, just kind of like looking at ultra sign up and all this stuff and found out a lot of these things about you. I mean, I knew you'd done a lot of really awesome stuff. You know, you won, uh, I believe, like Mountain Mist and just countless other races um, slightly before I started uh, uh, ultra running. So it was kind of, you know, I'd, I'd heard about the stories, but never actually, you know, seen you in, in action, I guess. Um, so one thing I want to talk about, like first, uh, before we talk about all the runs that you've done is, you know, you're with Guts, you started that. How did like, it's such a great organization for those of y'all who don't know. Um, they do uh, running races, uh, group runs. Um, it's all nonprofit. Um, a lot of give back to the state parks and trails and stuff like that. So how did Guts start? How did you start that? Well, I had already been involved, like you mentioned, the Atlanta Track Club. And I was heavily involved with USATF um, from the mid-90s to about the time I started Guts. And so I had some experience with track clubs and those kind of organizations. And I just saw a need in this area to have an organization that could put on events. And to make it easier, I felt like we should create a club and have members. And we utilized the RRCA to officiate our club and get insurance for our races. So it was all kind of an idea of trying to pulled together some people to be race directors and to get more people involved in running in the Southeast, because at the time there still weren't, um, that was 2004, but even then there still weren't a lot of races around. Yeah. Because like, I swear, I remember seeing at some point um, that like the Atlanta track club, didn't they have like an ultra as well back in the yeah, day? Um, they had two actually. So they held the 24 hour national championships back in the eighties, at least once, if not twice. And then I ran their 50 mile in stone mountain. So you did 10 loops around the mountain. Um, That's right. It was actually, I, that was one of my fastest 50 miles was at stone mountain. 
but then they, the, I think the year after I ran it, they stopped having it. And that was like in the mid nineties. Um, and then I actually race directed for them the hundred by one mile relay, which is kind of an ultra cause it was a hundred miles, but it was a hundred different people. Um, wow. but si since then, I don't think they've done anything over a marathon. I don't yeah. know why they, they really stopped doing stuff like that, but they kind of focus more on the shorter type events. Where, where did, where was this hundred by one relay? Like that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, so me and a friend, um, that trained together, we had seen at the time, it was kind of a popular thing. And we had seen this, these women out in California had broken the Guinness book of world records for a hundred women running one mile. We're like, we could do that. Atlanta has all these fast ladies. So we went to the track club and kind of pitched the idea. And, uh, we had it at Emory track and it was great because, like all summer, there was this buildup of trying to qualify and everybody came out to the track club track meets and ran the mile and did training together. And then we had a hundred different women. We had more than that, you know, submit qualifications, but we had to choose a hundred different women. It was kind of complicated organizing it to like get a hundred women there at all these different times and get them to start and do the run. And we had to do all this extra verification for Guinness. Um, but it was a really great event. It was really fun. It was one of my first big races that I organized because um, I had been doing the fat ass, but that was more like 30, 40 people. So. so I'm still trying to wrap my head around. So, okay, so you're doing a hundred by one relay. Like are people running with a baton and you're handing yeah. that off? Yeah. So oh. just like any relay, you get your relay zone, you run with baton, you hand off to the next person, you got the next person waiting. Everybody runs with one mile on the track. We didn't did quite break the record. We were like a few minutes off, but it was, we did it for three or four years in a row. Um, and, and the men's masters set the record the next year. So, wow. yeah, so it was fun. Did you get to run in it or no? Yeah. So it was not easy, but I think I ran first each time so that I'd get my run done and out of the way. And then I could RD the rest of the day because it took 11 or 12 hours. You know, it took a good part of the day. Uh, I feel like now I want to go like get on Google and like, what is the hundred by one like relay? Like, I wonder what it is now. Like it was pretty fast back then. It was definitely like in the six minute range average. All right. I kind of, I kind of lost uh, connection there for a second, but we were talking about the hundred by one relay and Scott behind the scenes looked up the women's world record. It is nine hours and 23 minutes, which is insane. Um, maybe we need to get uh, a team together and go for yeah. it. Again. It would yeah. be fun. Yeah. So let's talk about, I want to talk so many things, but we were talking about races back in the nineties and stuff like that. What got you into ultra running and when did you start that? And like, what was the scene like? Um, so I had run some long stuff when I was a kid. Um, I ran my first marathon in eighth grade and ran a couple more in high school. And so when I got out of college, um, I, I'm from Huntsville. And so moving back to Huntsville, some of my friends were running ultras and they told me about strolling gym. And they're like, Oh, you should run strolling gym. You'll do great. You'll crush it. And so um, I went and ran strolling gym and just kind of, cause it was you know, a good bit further than a marathon, just took it kind of at a training pace, sort of easy so I could make it to the finish and missed the course record by a couple minutes. And 
had a lot of fun and it just was super fun and met a lot of people who kind of talked to me about other ultras and what I might want to try to do. And so after that, I kind of started to crystallize this idea of doing longer races. And at the time, there was a lot more road races, not very many trail races out there. So initially, my focus was kind of on the 100K distance and the 100K team. So we're trying to run fast road times at 50 miles and 100K to qualify for world championships and stuff. Wow. So I, I want to, I, I feel like we breezed over this, but I heard it. It was, you ran your first marathon in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What made you decide to run a marathon in eighth grade? I think I was trying to play video games and eat like candy. <laughs> Yeah, um, I had been running for a couple years, and the marathon went through our neighborhood, so I lived on the marathon course, and my family was pretty active in the track club, so I'd worked in the aid station and been part of, I did things like packet pickup and stuffing packets, and so I knew about the marathon, and I thought it was cool, and I just asked my parents if I could run it, and they said yes, so. That's awesome. So is that the Rocket City? Yeah, Rocket City Marathon. Mm -hmm. Right on. Now, I heard this. I think I heard my ears heard what I wanted them to hear. So you met other people. Was this Dink Taylor? Was he one of the people that you were like, yeah? Yeah, Dink was one of the people I knew had run Sterling Gym. And then there were two two guys I trained with some that um, did Sterling Gym. And then there was a guy, Pete Salima, who in high school, yeah, I, I remember him running during a track meet. He ran all day long around the track while we did the whole track meet and he ran, you know, like 50 miles or whatever. And I was like, wow, somebody runs 50 miles. That's crazy. And so I met him and talked to him and he was another person who kind of encouraged me to try strolling gems. So there was already a few people in Huntsville that were tipping their toes into ultra distances. That's awesome. Now you, if I like, I remember from like a previous conversation or seen something on Facebook, didn't you go to college like in like, central Alabama a uh, South Alabama so wow. I was fairly fast in high school at short distances so I ran in college in South Al at Troy Troy University oh, yeah that's right okay yeah yeah I've driven through there a bunch on the way to like the beach yeah on the way to Florida yeah why do I know that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so you started you did strolling gym was that your first ultra yeah yeah, 80, 1989. That was my first ultra. 1989. Oh, wow. Now, the what was Strolling Gym like in 1989? I mean, was it a lot of people? Was it just... It was actually a fair amount of people. Like, even back then, I think they had over 100 people. And there was, I think, more fast people then than now. So, like, that year, I think... I don't. I wasn't in the top 10, I don't think, overall... Um, because they had a lot of people from all around the country. A lot of the faster guys came um, to run that race. But, you know, it it was the old-fashioned warm water jugs on the road. Um, the walls were not paved. They were dirt. So after marathon, you hit the walls, and you had like a 10K section of dirt road that's really oh, wow. hilly. Um, but I liked that. I really liked it when the walls were not paved. It was kind of fun to be on the dirt roads. Plus, no cars were allowed back then on the walls. So no no crews could come back there. So you're kind of on your own. That's cool. Yeah, you mentioned like 
running that and talking to people and then you go, oh, ultra marathons, you start learning about all this stuff. I ran, God, I don't know what year it was, but I ran like the Scenic City Marathon, which is a trail marathon. I don't know if they do that anymore. Wild Trails does that. Um, but I met a Guts member, uh, Kina. And yeah, yeah. yeah, and I remember talking to her uh, and it might have been, I think she, I, I want to say pay, maybe Perry was there as well, but this was a long time ago. And she started telling me about all these guts races. And I was like, oh my God, like I need to do that. And that's how I first found out about the gut stuff and then started coming and running like all the all's races. Awesome. Yeah. Word of mouth back then was probably the, the, the way that type of thing traveled. And, know. you know, back in the 90s and 80s, it was definitely word of mouth or the back of Ultra Running magazine. Because, yeah, after I ran Strolling Gym, I found out there was a magazine related right. to Ultra Running. So I got a subscription, and that was kind of the Bible of learning about Ultra Running and about races. And they had a calendar in the back that was, like, the only way to figure out what races were coming up. I remember when I first started doing ultras, I don't know, 27, uh, 2007, eight, somewhere in that, that time frame. like almost every race you ran, it was like, Oh, you finished the race. Here's like a free ultra running magazine. And it's like, you get to like scroll through there and you're like, Oh my God. And you know, it was small enough of a scene, uh, in the South where you would like go through like whatever race it might be. And you'd be like, Oh, I know like half those people. Because right. everybody went to like every race because there just weren't that many and there weren't that many runners. True. Yeah. So um, what was I going to say? So Guts, when you guys first started this as a club, did you guys have races as well? Or was it just kind of, hey, let's all get together and run and then the races came later? We had three races. So we had the Fat Ass. Um, we had a race called Skur, Silver Comet Ultra Run. So we had a, a road race on the Silver Comet and then we had Hot to Trap. So those were the first three that we started with. And how many years is, have they been going on now? I guess Hot to Trap. Um, well, Fat Ass was the 30th anniversary was this year. And then I think Hot to Trot's been about 25 years now. Um, we had Skur for just a few years and then we stopped doing it. Um, but then we, with Johnny Bice, we started Sweetwater. So the first year of Sweetwater, we were actually co-directors with Johnny and his oh, running okay. club. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we did Sweetwater and Mystery Mountain. And so I guess those are now about 16, 17 years old. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like back in the day when you're running like strolling gym and all this stuff like that, you're talking about warm water jugs. What were people like eating? Cause I know now it's like as a race director and as a runner, it's funny you get to like an aid station and people either asking or, you know, you see what's in there and it's like people want tailwind, like all these really nice gel. Like it's just really right. weird what people have kind of shifted into what they expect and what they eat while they run. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pocket Dates, your perfect companion for the trail, the track, and beyond. Specially crafted for ultra runners, training runs, and those epic mountain adventures. With just two dates, you get a powerhouse of 110 calories and 30 grams of energizing carbs, a natural fuel that fits right in your pocket. 
Deliciously sweet and satisfying, Pocket Dates are the ultimate snack to keep you going. Whether you're conquering the peaks or pounding the pavement, make every step count with the nutrition you need right in the palm of your hand. Pocket Dates. Fuel your journey wherever it takes you. Grab yours today and taste the power of nature. Yeah, I mean, you know, at Stroll and Jim, you could have a crew, so somebody could drive and meet you at places and crew you. But um, I would drink Coke, and I, I can remember at least once at Stroll and Jim, I wore like a candy bracelet on my arm, you know, those little sweet tart type things. I would like eat, eat a little candy <laughs> off my arm. Um, but that was kind of like the option, right? Like candy. Yeah. Candy. Power bars kind of came around in the mid '90s, so power bars, pop tarts. Right. Pop tarts were a pretty good thing. Um, just stuff like that. Just simple sugar, simple carbohydrate kind of stuff. Because um, there wasn't any of this engineered type of things that we have nowadays. And I do remember I was telling somebody else recently, like there was a guy that he he did a, a sports drink. I don't remember the name of it. And he was from the Southeast. And so he would drive around at Strollin Gym and he would, offer out to you like he'd hand a cup out his window like hey you want some sports drink and you know so there's this random dude driving around giving out sports drinks <laughs> hopefully he wasn't in a van or anything with black towel yeah it might have been a white van but he was, he was <laughs> legit okay uh so have you changed like over the years like uh, because you've been ultra running for so long have you changed like what you eat now like do you are you every now and then are you just like i kind of want a you know a teeth breaking power bar or you know and some hot water um i mean i guess i've changed some i've certainly tried a lot of things i don't think it's you know experimenting is a good way to figure out if something works for you so i've found a drink that i like and i stick by it mostly you know it can be hard sometimes at races because they're not going to have it and then I just drink water or Coke. Um, I don't eat a lot. I think one thing I've learned about me at least is I don't feel like I need quite as much calories as maybe some people talk about taking in. Um, so less is more and um, longer races, I try to eat some real food, especially after a few hours, start to eat, you know, like a tortilla with cheese or avocado or, you know, more real things than just sugar. Um, Cause after a while that even that can get old. So, um, so yeah, I think I've changed a little bit just cause there's more options out there, but the core just kind of keeping it simple is still what I try to do. I got you. So let's talk about, um, I was reading, it said at one point in the year 2000, you simultaneously held 500 mile course records. First of all, that's insane. Second of all, like what what races were these, and was that all in like one year, or how did that happen? Mostly, um, and especially if you consider back then, there was probably less twenty or less hundred milers. There weren't that many hundred mile races in the year two thousand. So I was telling somebody else that um, I'd run Western States five years in a row. So in two thousand, I was like, hey, I want to do something different. I'm going to run all the East Coast races that I haven't run before. Wow. So I had run Old Dominion in 90, 
97 and set the course record in 97. Um, and then I was going to run 600 mile races in 2000. So, um, yeah, so I set the course record in four of them. So it started with Rocky Raccoon, where I ran 1603 and broke 17. Um, then I ran Umstead. And I don't remember what I ran, but set a course record. And then I ran Massanutten. That's where I broke my arm at Massanutten. So did not win. Oh but I did God. finish. I finished the race. Um, and then the next month, I ran Mohican with my little cast on and uh, <laughs> set the course record. And uh, then I ran Vermont, and I was second to Ann Trayson, but ran pretty fast there, 17-something, and then ran Arkansas and set a course record there. So by the end of the year, by Arkansas, I had set four course records that year, and I had the one from 97. So. Wow. So how? Like, what does your training even look like? That I feel like if you're racing that hard for a hundred miles, like you got to be almost like recovering for a lot of it. Yeah, I looked at it sometime recently, and I I did a fair amount of training um, after I got my cast off, but that was just between Mohican and Arkansas. So, or well, I guess Vermont. But yeah, I wasn't doing a lot of heavy training in between just an occasional North Georgia run. Um, but I say heavy training, you know, back then for me, 60 or 70 miles a week was not too yeah. heavy. So I was still running a fair amount uh, and just not super long stuff necessarily. Just keeping, just keeping myself miles. busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now like you're, you live up by Kennesaw mountain. So you are able to train there a lot. How, like how long have you had that as like a backyard training ground? Like, was this while you were doing all this? Um, I moved to, so I live, yeah, like two minutes from the trail. I can get on the trail in about two minutes. Um, and we've lived here almost 20 years. So okay. actually, no, I wasn't living here. I wasn't living in this particular house, but I lived in West Cobb. So I actually ran here probably almost as much because it was on my way home from work. And so okay. almost every day, if I wasn't meeting somebody at the track or somewhere else, I would just stop at the park and run and I would almost always run there on the weekends because it was, it was still near my house. It just wasn't quite two minutes away. And so is that how like you would get Vert in for like the mountain races and stuff like that is Kennesaw? Uh, no, more North Georgia was certain. I think definitely what made me more capable of doing the mountain races. So I had a couple of training friends and we would go up there almost every weekend and run something up in North Georgia. And then I'd come back and run at Kennesaw the next day. So Kennesaw was kind of like my easy recovery day. Gotcha. 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 Like at, at what point did, in your mind, did you see all of a sudden trail running and ultra running uh, starting to kind of take off? Like all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, now it's getting way bigger. Um, I guess maybe around the mid two thousands, you know, it was, it, it, it had changed from the early 90s to the early 2000s, but still, you know, there weren't races every single weekend. You know, you still maybe had to travel a good bit if you wanted to to do something all the time. But um, I would say around the mid 2000s, it seemed like there was a big jump where, oh man, all of a sudden there was like triple the hundreds and every state had bunches of opportunities to, to try out and, um, and more trail races. So... Um, 
like Pine Mountain got revived and, um, you know, things like Mountain Mist and Penhody and there were just more and more options out there. And I think on the flip side, there started to be less road races, like some of the old road races that used to be around started to go away. But, um, I think maybe that was part of it too. The popularity, like people who maybe used to do road races and road marathons trail is, is something different. It's, um, can be more of that epic type of run. It's, it's a little easier on the soul to get out there in the woods and out there in the mountains. And so I think that that has something to do with popularity that it's, it's something that can really challenge people. It's not just running in their neighborhood. It's like, Oh, I'm going out in the mountains. I'm going to do this really difficult thing. So I think the increase in trail opportunities has also been part of the increase in people trying ultras. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, like mountain mist and stuff like that. You've run that how many times now? Um, I think this year was 17. Wow. I think. I think wow. Yeah. I, I truly think like, I love that race. I had Dink on uh, like the second episode I did. It was a great podcast. Um, we talked like extensively about mountain mist and him kind of starting out with the Hunch, Huntsville track club. Um, right. I love it. It's just like, it's like the perfect, amount of up, perfect amount of technical, perfect amount of down. It's like just hard enough, but not impossible. Um, I think it's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, so being from Huntsville, was that kind of like when you were racing that like all out, is that kind of like, did that feel like, you know, this is my, this is my home course? Yeah. So I ran it the second year he had it and yeah, it was definitely like that. It was like, Oh, cool. There's a, a new trail race in my hometown. I'm going to go do it. Um, and so, yeah, the first few years, four or five times I ran it, trying to race it and run it hard. Um, it was really fun to kind of come back and do the cool hometown race. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what advice would you have for people nowadays who are trail and ultra runners? Maybe they're, um, you know, just getting into it or maybe they've done a couple ultras, uh, as far as like, obviously you've been running forever, you know, it's awesome. Like you know, an awesome career. What advice would you have for people? Um, you know, cause I see a lot of people that kind of come in, run a bunch of races, go 5k, 10k, you know, like hundred miles and they either get injured, they get burnt out, whatever. And there, there's no longevity for them. So I guess what would your advice be for somebody who's getting into it? Like how to stay in the sport as long as you have. I mean, that's kind of hard. I mean, because I, I think I went through that cycle too, like maybe running 10 or 12 a year, which is kind of a lot, or like the year I did 600. But I think if you listen to your body and um, kind of take the time to rest after a big season or a big couple of races, um, I think that that helps keep you consistent enough to continue to be able to run over the years. And listening to your body like, oh, I think I really have an injury or I think something's, you know, going to potentially be an injury to deal with it um, and and go seek advice from whether it be PT or massage or chiropractor. Um, but take care of yourself. Don't let yourself get injured before it's too late. Um, and then also doing different things, you know, keep it interesting. So um, one reason I think I keep wanting to run is there's always somewhere new I want to go see and 
some new city or country or mountain. Um, so I think trying different things and trying different races is a way to keep it interesting, um, to keep yourself wanting to keep out, stay out there and keep doing it. That's awesome. Did you find like when you were in, um, like when you're really in the heart of like training and racing and competing, were you writing like your own training plan? Did you have a coach or were you kind of just like, man, I'm out, I'm just going to go run. Um, it was a mix between, I would write training plans for myself. I never had a coach. Um, but I would either, sometimes I'd write a training plan, but a lot of times it was more, Oh, I want to get an X number of long runs before a particular race type of thing. And I would try to do that. And then I didn't, I would do short intervals once a week, but I wouldn't say I really had a plan. It would just kind of be like show up at the track and do whatever everybody's doing type of thing. Um, so trying to do different things during a week, you know, do something long, do something short, do some easy stuff, do some cycling or weights. Um, just try to keep, a balance of doing different things, not just doing the same thing every single day. But nowadays I do more plans, I think, than when I was faster. I think now that I'm older and need more recovery time and need more of a build-up time, I tend to actually write plans more now than I used to. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I feel like as I've gotten older at 37, the ripe old age of 37, <laughs> Like I, the way I used to run in my twenties, which was like, just run as fast as you can all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't, I can't do that anymore. I have to be like deliberate and, and recovery. And, and I don't know about you, but I run like most of my miles now are like, uh, where it used to be, you know, very quick miles for me, at least now I, I run the majority of my stuff. I run at a very easy pace and then choose about 20% what I'm doing to go at a very hard effort. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just interesting. And then racing is different too, right? You get, getting slower. So it's like, well, if I'm slower, I gotta be more consistent about things. I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, making sure like when you're slower, especially some races, even for me, making sure I'm ahead of the cutoff type thing. Mm. want to be really cognizant of how long you spend in aid stations and, um, running sections you can run and hiking hard if you need to, you know, being aware of the time and how long you're taking. So didn't have to worry about that when I was young very, very much. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think I ran too fast and probably too hard too much of the time when I was younger. Um, not Now I just have to kind of plan in their rest time and rest days when I say rest, I just mean like an easy run, a couple of walks, something like that. For sure. Now, obviously you run a lot of races, a lot of places. What are maybe like the top three race experiences or races that you've run like over the years? There's gotta be something to stick out. I, I mean, a lot of the, definitely being on the U.S. team, all those experiences were really fun and exciting because they were all in different countries um and you know you get get to wear the u.s uniform and have your teammates with you so those were all great experiences um and then as far as personal racing i think going to antarctica was probably one of my top 
race experiences. So going down there and um, yeah. doing a 50K in Antarctica, um, just such a different environment and just um, the whole process of getting there and how they have to plan to get you to the island or, or I guess it's an island or a continent. But uh, that was really exciting. And then I did a, a race in Iceland that was really beautiful. It was actually, I think, yesterday for this year. I think it was yesterday. And uh, lot, it was yeah. also kind of just like different worldly. Just you're in this national park and you're running with these steam pots and rushing rivers and up a mountain that, uh, that's a, a volcano. I don't know. It was, it was very different. Um, so I really like that. But non-races, the Grand Canyon's probably my favorite place to like do a adventure type run that's not a race but um been out there a lot of times with a lot of different people um going down into the canyon i've still yet to go so the one day i was driving out to las vegas with a friend and we go by the grand canyon it's like one of like three three days out of the year where like the trails are closed because there's like a like flash floods or whatever and we're like are you serious so that was like my one <laughs> shot for that and I, I blew that so let's talk about so you, when you're running for the u.s national team where all do you go run i mean like who how many people are you running against like is this like obviously it's people all over the world like top top uh competition you know it's got to be yeah. a lot of pressure like super just crazy <laughs> yeah it's like the top fast runners um in the world, the team's usually six people, six men and six women. Um, and they have, back then, back in the 90s, the qualifying was kind of, I don't know, first time I qualified the team, I didn't even know I qualified for the team. They sent me a, a letter saying, hey, you qualified for the team. Would you be interested in running? I'm like, heck yeah. Um, but now they have qualifying standards all posted and um, you can see what you have to run to, to maybe make the team. And then the top six get chosen. Um, and yeah, you run against all these different countries from all over the world. And so like I ran in Italy, France, the Netherlands, uh, Russia, China, Japan. Um, so are these track races or road races or like what's the road. format? Okay. Is it's it like all, a always road. It depends. Like all the, all of them were different. Like Italy was point to point. Um, Russia was the worst course ever. Um, <laughs> it was, it was on the street and you ran like, I guess two and a half K out and two and a half K back next to the river and next to Gorky park. So you get to one end and there was Gorky park. And it's like, literally it's an amusement park. And so you'd see people on the Ferris wheel and the, the roller coasters and you'd hear them screaming and stuff. And then you'd run back and it was just brutally terrible. It was the worst, but, uh, but you know france was beautiful it was kind of a loopy thing and um the netherlands was a loop you did like a 10k loop and it had cobblestone about half of it was cobblestone so just all kinds of different places all right and different courses now do they pay your way or you have to pay for it yourself you at least when i was on the team you paid for it like they did provide um gear you like all your gear and everything and there were team managers um, that came but i was lucky enough like through the track club and um 
through one or two employers. They help pay for my way. Um, cool. But that was part of it back then. I don't know. I think now you maybe get some kind of stipend to go, but right. USATF has always been kind of lacking for right. the ultra runners. For, for sure. Well, and yeah. it's too bad to me, um, in my mind, that like, you know, ultra marathon isn't an Olympic sport. Because if you right. had like 50K or you had like 100K, which they used to have 100K, I think the last year they had it was in Mexico back in the 60s. I could be totally just wrong on that. Somebody fact check me, please. Um, but I feel like if you had it as an Olympic, yeah, there sport, was no hundred K in the Olympics. Yeah, okay, they're very yeah. So it's like, you know, if we had some sort of ultra marathon in the Olympics, I feel like it would give it a lot more credibility, and and uh, you know, people would come, sure. you know, more of a sponsorship stuff. You, know. you would see huge amounts of funding compared to what we even have now if it was an Olympic sport because. That's what USATF kind of focuses on is creating Olympic level athletes, creating athletes that can compete at the Olympics. And if you're a world championship event, it's just not considered as important. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to segue into this. Being a former president of Atlanta Track Club, directing races for them, doing all this stuff and being very involved in road running, um, you know, where do you see road running? Because from my perspective, it, it, I, I started like the first ever race I ran ever was the Peachtree Road Race. And um, I live like a couple blocks from the course. My parents live like a couple blocks. W went out there, did a fun jog on the sidewalk, um, you know, went and took it all in, kind of cheered people on. It was super awesome. But like, obviously, since COVID, the numbers have declined a lot. And I've seen a lot of um, historically large road races um, losing since COVID is like losing a lot of numbers. I've also seen where there's like 38 <laughs> 5Ks every Saturday in Atlanta. It's kind of like dying off. Like, And I see more people getting into trail running, um, obviously not on an, an even, you know, one for one, you know, road running some, you know, loses one, trail running gains one. Do you see road running as like making a resurgence or sticking around or, or an even better, the marathon. I've seen like a lot of like Atlanta track club had uh, their, what the Atlanta marathon for a while and Thanksgiving, like, do you see the marathon and road racing, I guess is dying off at all or? Um, I mean, I definitely, definitely was hurt by COVID for sure. And I, I think a lot of road races um, have not recovered yet. So like you mentioned, like Peachtree still hasn't recovered to its pre-COVID numbers. Um, Boston this year, um, you know, everybody who entered this year got in or entered for this year got in versus other years, you know, you had people where you had to qualify seven minutes faster than the qualifying standard. But I think it'll come back. Um, I think there's still just a lot of people, especially newer to running people that maybe are more intimidated by the thought of running up a mountain or running where there's rocks and dirt and snakes and that sort of thing. I, I still think it's kind of like the entryway to doing tougher stuff. And I don't think it's going to go away. I think it'll rebound eventually. It's just taken some time. And truthfully, there's, like you said, there's 35 Ks every weekend. There's just so many to choose from. There's got to at some point be some attrition and, the ones that aren't as popular are going to start to go away. For sure. I really hope it rebounds. I, I really also hope 
I've said this, I said this for a long time and I'm not the first person to say this. Like I heard this from somebody else. So I totally stole it. Um, but it's like 50 K is the new marathon. Like I would love to yeah. see somebody like the Atlanta track club. I'd be willing to help for free. So Atlanta track club, if you're listening to this, which you probably won't listen to my podcast, but if you do, uh, let's put on a 50 K like make, uh, one of the races you already have, like, you know, do some loops or something. I think like, uh, what Marine we can Corps, bring back skirt. Yeah, bring back Skirt. That's great. You know, it's like I I think just exposing people um, to ultra marathons because most people are like, yeah. what the heck is that? You know what I mean? Right. I think it's just exposing people. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be great to do something like that because um, you don't see very many 50K, especially road races nowadays. No, and I, I think it'd be really cool to have – uh, something where people are just, you know, you have fast people going for it. You know, I think that, you know, it, it progresses the sport a hundred percent. And like, you know, like you said earlier, back in the day, it's like, you had a lot of really fast people. It's like, yeah, the average like road marathon time was probably in the low threes, you know, mid threes. Right. And now it's probably four plus six or know? seven hours. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, I, I definitely agree. It's like, um, when I ran my first marathon, there were very few people who ran it over four hours. Right. Whereas now it's it's more like the average is four and a half, five and a half, and they leave the course open six hours or whatever, um, which is fine. It gets more people out there. It gets more people doing it. And that might be part of the reason participation's up is because more people see it as something like I can go. Oprah did it. I can go do it. Um, <laughs> so, right. Uh, but I don't know. Um, it's It's a thing that if we did something like a 50 K and got it where it was an interesting course or it was something where you offer people to try to break a record, I think it would be something that people might be interested in. And that's actually why we started Skur because back then I was still kind of interested in the hundred K team from a more from trying to expose people to it. And like there weren't that many hundred K road races to qualify for the team. So it was kind of an effort to like, Hey, let's do a 50 K hundred K and hopefully allow some people to qualify. All right. So we were talking about, um, uh, you know, road marathons and, and uh, you know, kind of how, you know, qualifying times and, and average finish times uh, as well. And now we it's everything's kind of become more open to um, I think people just kind of like, oh, cool, I'm going to do a marathon and 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 uh, which is awesome. Um, like one thing I thought this is kind of, uh, you know, interesting, I thought would be really cool just I'm about exposure to ultra running uh, for people because um, sometimes like, ah, you know, we've all heard like I would never drive my car that far and all that stuff like right. that. Um, I thought it would be really cool at Atlantic Station. You know, you're right there by the highway. You could build like a quarter mile track and have it like elevated somehow. And people would be driving by and like would be able to see you have like a big billboard and have like a 24 hour race or something like that or, oh, you know, cool. something that's like hours and hours and hours where it's like, wow, people are going to be like, man, on my way to work, these people are running. And then on my way back home from work, they were running. And then the next morning <laughs> they were still running, you know, <laughs> I thought that'd be awesome. kind of... now did you ever, did you ever do, um, you know, Rich Schick said to me one time, he said to be an amazing ultra runner. And this is like some old Schick wisdom. He's like, I've always said you had to be good at trail races, road races, and time races. I'm like, okay. Were you, were uh, timed races ever your thing? Did you ever do that? You know, I always wanted to do one, but there were just so many other 
races that I wanted to do. I I only I think I might have done a short kind of time, but not like a twenty four hour. The first time around a twenty four hour was in twenty twenty. So Wow. Yeah. 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 I just, just didn't have time to fit it in with all my other races way back in the day and um uh, Back then, they didn't have a, te- a 24-hour team or any kind of like elevation. Like if you did really well, there wasn't like another step. Whereas now, you know, there's 50k team, 100k team, 24-hour team. There's all these things. But uh, but yeah, 2020 was the first time I did one. <laughs> That's cool. So where what is uh, for you like? What's coming up? What's next? What are your goals uh, for running? Like you know, this year, next year, next five years. Um. One of my easy goals is I want, so I've run a marathon or ultra in every state, but I want to run an ultra in every state. So I have 10 states left. So I want to do some traveling and do some more states and um, maybe do a different country every year. So these are kind of vague goals, like nothing to do with time or anything like that. But um, And then I'm running a hundred miler in October. So still have that dream of going back to western states one day um yeah so what try to keep my qualifier i'm running canal corridor oh okay see so yeah. okay yeah, yeah right on yeah so um and then i just see after that how that goes see what's next but right on well what about guts like what, what are you guys thinking like are you thinking um i mean you guys have grown this organization or club should i say um, nonprofit, just huge. All the races are killing it. Um, people are always talking about it. Um, you know, anytime I'm out on a group run, people are talking about the races and, and whether they just did one or about to do one or training for one. Um, yeah. So I, I, one thing we're trying to do more this year is more training runs, like more fun pre training runs for people. Um, and of course we run every Tuesday. I know it's not an easy place for everybody to get to, but um, every month we have pizza for everybody. And every few, like a few times a year, we have somebody come in and do something like public lands has come, big peaches come, um, West stride. So having other groups kind of join us and participate. And I think that brings some interest to people coming to the runs. As far as new races, you know, I would love to do another race or two, but it's it's hard because you have to have race directors. And right. so, you know, I I work a lot with all of our race directors, so um, I'm kind of like the race director trainer uh, mentor <laughs> person. So every time we bring on a new race director, I'm the one who tries to onboard them and teach them what they need to do and help them if they have questions and kind of guide them through the process of directing a race and it's just it's hard to find somebody because it's as you know it, it's a lot of work and um takes Absolutely. a lot of time and um it's not necessarily easy it's not like a super easy thing i mean there's a lot of reward on the end but um there's a lot of work before you get to um being done so i don't know i mean if people are interested and have ideas like guts is certainly open to people talking to us about doing more things like i'd actually like to do you're talking about ultras and stuff, but I'd actually like to do maybe something shorter where you do maybe, maybe pull in more of those like road, road, road runners who are maybe not ready for a 50K type race absolutely. yet. 
um, just something short and fun, short and easy. Um, and also just keeping costs down for the runners. So we want to try to continue to, to not have to charge a lot for our runners to come to our races and be able to still give back to the parks. So I know the state parks, which is where a lot of our races are, um, they've raised their rates on some of the parks, but, um, yeah. For us, for us as a nonprofit, it really doesn't hurt us that much. It just decreases what we can give back. So it cuts into our profit and therefore I can't give as much back to the park. Um, and I think they kind of understand that. So um, I, I hope that maybe in the future things will change again with them. You know, they just made that change. So maybe in the future they'll change it back and maybe make it a little more equitable so that people can continue to have nice events at the parks. For sure. And for anybody listening, 10 out of 10 recommend all of their races and their group run. Um, it's up at Kennesaw, which is somebody who lives in the middle of Atlanta. It's definitely hard to get to. So I, yeah. I plan, I've planned my day around that a couple of times now, which is, it's honestly, it's totally worth it. Um, but I have that flexibility. Uh, so I go find like a coffee shop up in that way and, and do some computer work. And uh, yeah, Tuesday's night. I suggested that to somebody. Yeah, come up to the Marietta Square, Cool Beans Coffee Shop. It's got great Wi-Fi, yeah. great coffee, and it's only two miles over to the, the mountain to do some trail running. Yeah, and I, I love y'all's race. And you were just talking about short distance Thank races. You. Like, honestly, it's like, you know, I've run Guts, uh, Fat Ass 50K a couple times, Mystery Mountain a couple times, 12, did I do the 12? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've done the 12, but I've definitely done the marathon multiple times. Uh, I actually kind of like the short distance stuff like uh, Red Top Rumble. That was one of my favorite yeah. races. I love showing up and racing that. Um, That's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel that. I think we need like some more short distance stuff. I mean, just to get people in uh, to trail running and, you know, because it's this, it's kind of weird when it's like, hey, uh, you know, you never really run on trails or maybe done a little bit. Um you want to do like a 50k and it's like well that's a big first bite right 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 yeah well janice i really appreciate everything you do everything you've done thank you um, all guts what you guys have done has directly influenced me as a race director and as a runner and even before i was race directing i was running all those races and having a blast as a little kid as i would say in my early 20s <laughs> uh, yeah I remember. so yeah little immature kid. So I, I appreciate you guys just being so hospitable and putting on awesome events. It's uh, I'm excited to uh, well, I'll probably be back thank for you. Mystery Mountain again. I can't get enough. Good. Of that. <laughs> great. I know it's always a great race. So well, thanks do, for having um, me. Thanks for talking. Yeah, thank you. So I try to give everybody a chance is um, uh, any closing thoughts, any tips you want to offer people, anything, any promos, anything you want to plug in out there? Promos. Um, promos hot to trot next weekend run around in go. circles in the heat in july super fun um and mystery mountain beautiful in october in north georgia we'd love to have some people come up and try out fort mountain trails are tough but doable and maybe yes. join us on a tuesday you know I, everybody's welcome guts wants to welcome anybody who wants to try it out we won't leave anybody behind and hope that more people will try out our races and maybe we'll continue to grow and have more races in the future. For sure. And it is cool on yeah. Tuesday nights, by the way, people is 
you will not get left behind. Like every time I've run, there's been three, four or five different like groups. Uh, people kind of yeah. see themselves, you know, just show up. That's all you gotta do is just show up. You're gonna have a good time. Right. So, and the other thing I want to say, I really appreciate about y'all's events as opposed in, in guts group is it's more of a family community. If you want, if you will, like I go to a lot of races, I've been to a lot of races. You've been to those, you know, those you show up, people run and then they like leave guts events. Historically, you show up, you run the race, you sit around, you may or may right. not consume cold beverages, but you hang out for a while afterwards and talk to your friends, you know, and make new ones. Like I, that's and I love need. that part about it. I love the old school low keyness that we try to have at all of our races and on our Tuesday nights too. Like Tuesday nights, we all pull out a chair and sit around and chat for a while. Yes, hundred percent recommend. Well, Janice, again, thank you so much. And uh, sorry about the, uh, the delays in the Wi-Fi here. <laughs> no problem. Paradise has its costs. That's Wi-Fi right. Is hard. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. That was awesome. Thank you so much. I guess Scott's going to have to turn this off because for whatever reason, it's locked me out of it. But <laughs> um, just make sure that whenever you... Um, Whenever here, let me make sure he's got this. Tell him to turn it off. Um, whenever you get out, that there should be something that says like uploaded. Make sure it's like fully uploaded. Do I just click leave? Yes, you can click leave. But after you do that, make sure it like it um, it uploads. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. I'll see you guys soon. Okay. Have All fun. Right. Bye. Bye. I just want to thank Janice so much for coming on. Um, there's so much more we could have talked about with her. Time just did not permit that. And obviously the shitey uh, internet connection. So go check out some Guts events. Go send Janice a message. Learn about the Southern Ultra Running history. It's awesome to have somebody on who's a legend and is still running very, very strong uh, from 17 Mountain Miss finishes to consecutively holding five 100 mile course records at the same token, the same time rather. Uh, so big shout out to Janice. Uh, and again, guys, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it. Uh, consider coming to run one of the Runbum races, runbumtours.com. As always, we've got several races that are almost sold out. Sky to Summit 50K, 25K, Cloudland Canyon Trail Race that's got 50 mile, 50K, half marathon, five miler, uh, Wild Florida, 50K. Uh, let's see, what else? Forgotten Florida, 100 mile, 50 miles, almost sold out. So go register. Uh, if not, hope to see you guys at another race. I run a lot of guts races uh, and love supporting them. You should too. All right, see you guys on the next run.